Da, 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 da. Excellent. Christine, we're now live with Women in Food and Farming September broadcast. Christine, hello, how are you? Oh, very good, thank you. Looking, looking forward to this discussion. I've, I had to do quite a lot of research to get it started, and uh, um, I'm you know, looking forward to get it off my, get all the thoughts over. Well, well done. As everyone's piling in, if you could just turn off your videos and um, and your mic, uh, you, you know you know how this uh, system works. It's, uh, because of the setup of a, a Zoom, we're going to have the breakout rooms uh, later, but we're going to let you let you all in. But as soon as you come in, if you could turn off your, your videos, that'd be great. Um, and Christine, I, I, in our um, to and fro's on email, setting this up, you've been a, such a, a traveller with the, within the UK over the last uh, two, three months, from, from wicker making to visiting Edinburgh. Uh, you don't look like you're in your normal studio complex at home. Uh, if it's okay to ask, where are you today, please? I'm in the basement of the Farmers Club in London. I have no windows, and somebody's told me it's a really nice day today. Oh no! Well, as we said in the green room with with everyone, let, let's try and get get this all done, uh, so we can go out and enjoy the the, the last of the autumnal uh, Indian summer. For those dialing in from overseas, uh, where I am in, in Suffolk, it's about 31, 32 degrees. Our summer has come to us, but come to us late. But it's good, Christine, isn't it? Because I don't know about um, your way up, up home, but our farmers uh, round us in East Anglia are, are very busy getting the last of the harvest in. Is that the same with you? Well, I'm afraid we have sheep around us, <laughs> sheep and cows. Okay, we, so not, my not very good. dairy farmer, but most people around us got sheep. Excellent. Okay, so let, let's get um, to this. So the subject title of this, and we're, we're taking a slight, slight twist of this, is what have we learned in our ways of working from the COVID uh, pandemic? So instead of having a speaker, um, the some of the founders have made a great video, and we've got about, it's, it's about 20 minutes, 22 minute, uh, minutes long, and they're just giving their view of uh, what they've seen from the COVID um, pandemic. And we've got a great one with um, Ted and uh, Debbie at the at the end, which I think really signifies what, what they're seeing as a, as, a, as a family and also in a, on a business perspective. But come on, Christine, what, what are you seeing? What, what are your take on um, on the on this, this subject of how what have we learned to the ways of working from the COVID pandemic, please? Well, interestingly, it came up as a topic out of one of the discussion groups a long while ago, about what, four months ago? And so we, we, we just timetabled it in for, the, for September as it was a sort of a, a, one of the ones where we didn't have an, an outside speaker set up until the end of, end of December. And it's just been so topical. I thought I'll do a bit of research beforehand and all the press are talking about it. So we're yep. absolutely on the button. And every time I read a different newspaper article, I thought, oh, I've got something else I need to cover. Right yep. from, you know, what, what people in their 60s are thinking down, down you yeah. know, to people at the very start of their career. So I tried to summarise that in my video, so I'm not going to yep. repeat you'll have to wait and see. No, 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 no problem. So I, I've been doing likewise, and, and just to get to offer my, my uh, 10 pennies worth. Um, so the, the Financial Times over the weekend, yoga, DJs and cash on offer as groups try to tempt staff back into the office. DJs plan at return to work celebrations, £1,000 bonuses, yoga classes and free meals are just some of the incentives on offer as companies try to tempt workers back to the office this month. Times Radio yesterday uh, were saying that uh, they've not seen the level of uh, commuters into London um, pre-pandemic. So there seems to be this rush coming back. And also out, out in the sticks where we are, we're picking up um, oddities. We're now finding that um, estate agents that uh, were selling large country houses for those um, uh, relocating out of London, those people that relocated out of London to those large country um, abodes are now looking to sell them because they don't like living in the country and they want to come back into back into London. And um, also I've got a bit of concern that um, as more companies try to get their people back into um, 
say central London offices, uh, people have moved from say being 40 miles away from uh, from uh, work to 100, 150 miles on, uh, away for this new life. They've now found that their employers want them back into the office. So they've now got an even longer commute. Um, and, and Christine, just look at your, your crystal ball. Uh, do, do, do you think we're through it? Do you think we're through through the, 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 the pandemic or have we got more to come? I, I, I think we, well, we I think we're going to have be living in a way that is um, protecting ourselves um, for quite a long way to come. Um, but I think more importantly, I think that the way we work has changed forever. And uh, there is nothing like there is nothing like going back to normal. It, there's new ways of doing things. And uh, businesses, I think, um, as I'm going to as I've, I've said in my video, I think that the issues of mental health, um, people's work, you know, work-life balance, flexibility of where they work from, I think has changed forever. And I think businesses yeah. have to seriously think about it and it will factor in people's choices of where they want to work. Yep. Let's get the other people involved in the, in the video in just so that every everyone dialed in on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, on YouTube and the podcast. Does that work? I can, can see them. So Beverly, Safi, uh, Kirsty, you come in as well. And... Um, uh, uh, Debbie, oh, she's there. All in. Have I missed anyone? Beverly, let's start with you. Beverly, let's start with you. How did you find uh, making the video? Well, that was interesting. So I just went out for a walk. And um, As we'll see, yeah, yeah, I went out for a walk to, so that I could take my mask off for a start and then uh, had a good chat into the camera. And uh, but it was quite interesting reviewing what life was like in 2020 and the differences in 2021. Yeah. And just thinking about some of the things that might stick with us forever yeah. now. Yeah, so. and, and hopefully, yeah, it's going to be efficiencies that stick with us. Eve, how did you find it? Oh, I found it very interesting. My The first time um, I uh, did my video, it was like 10 minutes long, so I ended up having to do it again, so <laughs> condensed a bit. Um, but I've, I've kind of looked at it from a young person um, trying to start the beginning of their career, um, that kind of angle. So that's... Uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was good to make notes on it. Well, well, well done. And Sassy, how, how did you find it? Because I think, is that one of the first videos that you've done for us? Or have you done one before? I can't remember. No, this this is the first one. Okay. Um, I found it um, really interesting because at first I thought, what has changed? Because we're so used to how it is now that it, I had to really think about what it was like before. Yeah. And then, and then think about all the things that everybody has sort of, what's challenged people over the last two years and the bit we want to keep. Got it. Well, well, well done. And um, where has Debbie gone? Deb, Debbie, are you there? Have you gone? Um, and and Kirsty, I, 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 oh, oh, she's here, but we can't see your video. Are you going to put your video? So Debbie, well, I, I think, we're, shall we not talk about yours too much? Because I, I think you're, that's, we, we've left yours and Ted's. So Debbie did one with her, her great son, Ted. Um, and, and we left it to, to the end because I think it's, but let's stop Debbie, how did you find it? How did you find interviewing your son on the subject? Yeah, well, I know he's had lots of personal challenges as well as lots of business challenges trying to work from a flat in London, which is will be typical of lots of people. So it yeah. was really interesting to talk to him about that yeah. and the learnings. And actually, he's very positive about what he's learned from it. He's keen wow. to share. Excellent. And I own a big apology to Kirsty. Kirsty did a did a video, but uh, we, we produced the whole 22 minute minute video um, when Kirsty sent hers, her, hers over. So, so Kirsty, I think we're going to set yours up as a separate 
uh, separate masterclass. So, so we, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that done later tonight. Right, shall we, shall we play this video? Can everyone turn off the, the uh, video? And Kirsty is going to go live with us. I might even turn off my own video because you don't want to see me. And here we go. No sound yet, Kirsty. So everyone, we love these technical bits and bobs. Kirsty's working in the background. I'm going to turn my video uh, back on again. Just to fill in a professional basis. They need to oh, there we go. Because thank you, Kirsty. This week is an interesting week because it's the week when children have gone back to school, most of us are all back from holiday and it is actually all over the press at the moment about how we're going to work in future. Um, most firms recognise that for those who've just joined them from university, they need to go into the office and PwC, which has only got 3,000 of its 13,000 employees back, at work, back in the office at the moment, is insisting that all 1,100 of their new graduates go into the office. The big concern seems to be those in their 30s and 40s, where the work-life balance um, of, uh, of being able to see their children has been so much easier without commuting. And if they've got a good working environment, which not everybody has, I, I realise that, but if they have got a good working environment, they don't really want to go back. This allows them to save on their commute, on their clothes, and also have more time to, um, to spend with the family. But um, interestingly, research is saying that people are actually working about three hours a week more than they, than they used to. And other research has said there's also no longer a cutoff work doesn't finish, that people are expected to work across different time zones, and that's all seen more to be more acceptable if you're at home and less of an intrusion on your life. Not sure that that's the case, but that's how it's being seen. And I have to say that having spent some of my time working in the civil service, I'm rather amused or bemused, I suppose, that the civil service seem to say, we need everybody to come back to work because we don't know if they're working. And I think that's the civil service seems to be so much for more focused on process and doing everything right, rather than have I actually got a result at the end of it, which of course in the private sector is all about the results. And I think that that's partly why the civil service are in this dilemma, because they don't have easy ways of actually measuring that people are doing the job. Um, I think it's also because there's such demand for all of those services that are in the cities to have people going back to work. Um, I was just thinking when I was at Canary Wharf, I reckon that within the Canary Wharf area, within walking distance of where I could get to at lunchtime, there were a, probably a hundred places that I could buy a coffee. I don't think there's anybody really working there at the moment. And a regional law firm that I asked them if they could just contribute to this and they weren't sure that they could, so just sent me their comments and said, said that they actually were really happy and they trusted their employees to work from home. That wasn't a concern for them at all. What they were worried was about them being tempted to go and work for London firms on London salaries and still being based in their region, which had always been a way of sort of a nice balance that people traded off before. But um, it's interesting, you know, what, you know, interesting if we've got some legal input to um, later on that, that 
you know, I assume that if you've already on a London salary and you start working from home, they can't cut it. But they could actually offer you a lower salary if you were working, if you were being based a long way from from the, the office and weren't intending to come in very much. And that actually might change the market considerably because that could mean they can employ people in other countries, too. And also, I was reading on Sunday an article about many people in their 60s saying that now that they were able to work from home, they were no longer in such a rush to retire. And maybe they would cut their number of working days, but didn't really feel ready to stop. And um, personally, I, I, you know, it, being in that situation, I think that's great because I think that I'm at the peak of my abilities and I've learned an awful lot from all the things I've done wrong. And I don't want to stop either. But that would be interesting, the dynamic that would have on the workforce if people aren't retiring. But the drive from businesses to get people back is also out of concern that new people that they take on, particularly those graduates at the beginning of their career, they need those people in their 30s and their 40s to be there, to chat to them about what's going on, to discuss things when they come out of meetings about how things could have gone better. And also for those new people to look at the way these people are working and thinking, well, I don't like the way you did that, but I really like the way you did that. I'm going to try and learn from that. And that is a key thing that goes on in an office that I think of we would be losing from people working from home. And then there's also the concern that those people who um, are working from home may think that there's, you know, how important is presence when it comes to being considered for promotion or being part of networks. And, you know, people might sort of to have a fear of missing out, even though they're perfectly able to do their job at home, might feel they need to go in the office in order um, to get on in their career. But I think most of this will come down to the businesses and their HR policies. Some businesses believe that the status quo can operate really well with staff working from home. But what they're concerned about is being lost is all the creativity and the new ideas. Um, many, many businesses are saying, well, we're happy for staff to work from home for two days a week, but then find that everybody wants to do that on Mondays and Fridays. And uh, it depends what sort of work you do, but uh, you know, if you need all all, all week round service, then um, that 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 is a concern. Um, and um, and I I I've also read that what one business saying that uh, if employees were claiming that they were nervous about commuting, which is why they couldn't come back into work because of their mental health, that if they were then spotted in a bar or a restaurant, that um, that excuse would be instantly ignored and they would have to come back. But um, I thought I'd pull out some of the examples that I've been reading in the press. Goldman Sachs, this is in the US, um, has said that everybody's got to go back to the office and they have to be double vaccinated. And few doubt that we could demand that um, on in the UK on, on discrimination grounds. And Facebook has said that some workers may never need to go back to the office again and could even be based overseas. Hi everyone, I've just stepped outside of the office to come and talk to you about COVID, some of our working practices and some of the lessons that we've learned. Um, I work for G's, we're a salad and vegetable producer and we grow, we pack and we sell salad and vegetables for all the UK supermarkets and lots in Europe. So you can imagine the majority of my colleagues are actually obliged to be on site. They're all in that production function. But um, some of our uh, colleagues in the professional services and support functions, then they were the ones that kind of work five days a week from home. And then over time, particularly more recently, most people are now back in on site, although we've actually adopted different working practices um, as a result of us all getting more used to using Teams and having the Teams app on our phones and things like that. So I thought it might be important to mention what some of the enablers are. 
there's the obvious, the IT that we needed to set up and make sure it was available on all devices because we operate an integrated supply chain. So when the people in the offices are pretty regularly talking to people out in the field and therefore um, any apps needed to make sure that we work on, on mobiles. So IT is a given. Um, actual um, infection control is another that was really important to us. So we having fewer people in the office, making sure that we reduce the traffic, having in, invested in improved ventilation um, and putting in kind of one-way systems and things like that, that most businesses did. I think the other is support for the vaccination scheme. So we're really mindful that it's people's choice uh, whether to take the vaccine but we are actively encouraging people to do so. And we've got some great incentives like prize draws and things like that. Um, but actually still fairly low compared to the national average. And to be honest, um, I've, we've also noticed a cultural difference into uh, different people's willingness to take the vaccine. So it's, a, it's really important that we keep driving that one. Um, E-learning has been another really important thing for us to make sure we could keep up with our training and deliver it in a different way. And actually that's turned into one of the benefits and the learnings that we could actually deliver some of our induction training prior to people actually coming to the UK and uh, starting work and so kind of doing all that prep work beforehand and get all that administration out of the way before day one, which actually makes their experience better when they, when they, t when they actually come. Um, the way we run our board meetings, that's changed too now, because what we're trying to do is instead of visiting sites just to have a board meeting and sit in an office, we're actually starting to have the board meetings individually. We're all logging on cameras separately to make sure that, you know, there's no side conversations going on uh, with a handful of people in one room. And then we're actually taking time to visit the site to um, have a more valuable visit and, and spend time on the on the floor and actually speak to people and speak to colleagues rather than sit, as I say, in an office in a board meeting. Um, other things that have changed is really the importance of trust, which has been great for G's because it is one of our values. So it's been quite easy for us to promote it, but it's been really interesting as to um, the difference between how some colleagues have been able to adapt to trusting their uh, their team members to work in a different way, work at home and get the job done regardless of whether you can actually see them for eight hours a day. Um, so trust is something that we're really investing in. And um, yeah, then the other one would be, I would say occupational health support. So making sure that there's plenty of online op health support, you know, whether it be somebody who's possibly needing support with their own mental health or whether it be someone that knows someone that's been ill through COVID and uh, providing that support so they can access it from home and not necessarily during work time as, as being useful. Um, I think they're perhaps some of the things that I wanted to say, but I'll be on the meeting later and it'd be great to talk to you and happy to answer any questions that you might have. Take care. I recently read an article um, in which it said, if you can do your job from anywhere, someone anywhere can do your job. And I think this sums up um, the post-COVID work environment. Um, I think it potentially calls into debate whether um, salary prices can go down because the supply of people who 
can actually do your job has gone up from different countries, etc. Um, but I'm not going to go into go into that now. I think most companies have gone into a hybrid uh, working model. Um, you can have flexible working hours where you can put your laundry on in the middle of the day, or you can do the child's run as long as um, you can do your job. Uh, it doesn't have to be within the nine to five. A lot of my friends have moved outside the city uh, because they don't have to be within commutable distance of, of the office anymore. Um, I think there's benefits to it in that uh, it increases uh, your productivity um, and also actually increases your work-life balance as you know you can't just sit in your flat and work you have to go and go for a walk or get out a bit um, instead of thinking you do your 10,000 steps in the office you actually have to go and do them otherwise for example I can only do like a hundred steps where I'm going between the kitchen and um, my uh, desk area in the living room um, so looking at it from like a young adults perspective I have been uh, in London now for um, coming up to three years and uh, I have really struggled with the lack of interaction with people. Um, I've been a lot less creative because I'm not able to kind of bounce the ideas off people. Um, a lot of people haven't necessarily met their team, uh, their colleagues. Um, I haven't met the ones which should be working supposedly in at the office with me. Um, you know, I have no idea how tall they are. Um, so it, it is an interesting environment to be in. Um, I think the other point I wanted to bring up was that I think it really uh, benefits people who have got extra places where you can work. So you've got a spare room where you can actually have your office. Um, a lot of my friends are working from their bedroom in a shared flat. Um, I'm working from my living room. And when you have flatmates or siblings or families that are in a tight space, it causes a lot of distractions in the background and you find that, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I can tell my flatmate that he can't play music or he can't watch TV because, you know, it's his space too and just and it just so happens I'm working in, in the same area. Um, but going forward, I'm looking forward to working in, the, in a hybrid model where, um, you know, when he's in the flat, I'll go into the office and, and when he's away, I'll, I'll come and work in the flat. But, um, I think I'm not looking. I'm going to the office tomorrow, and that's a 45-minute commute. Um, I keep thinking, "Oh, what am I going to do? What a waste of time!" That's a whole, basically, kind of an hour and a half of my life where I'm not going to be able to do very much. How did I do that five days a week? And it's not something I want to go back to doing five days a week. But um, you know, it'll be good to do one or two days where I can uh, converse with people face to face. I can have coffee breaks with people. Um, I can actually talk <laughs> to people, not just on Zoom, because I think that's, um, it, it's not normal to be looking at people through a computer all the time. Um, and I don't think you necessarily get to know them that well. Um, so yeah, I think I'm looking forward to the hybrid working model. And I think it will work very well for me because I like seeing my family and my partner and they're all in different locations. So I can just go and work from, from where they live. Um, so yeah. through lockdown what what did we learn what can we take from that to do on a permanent basis and what do we need to um, change because it wasn't quite as effective and the first thing that comes to mind is 
um, training, learning and development. Throughout lockdown, we did all of our training on a virtual basis and it was good. Everybody got what they needed from it. And I would say um, that the trainees that experienced the, the learning did that to a high standard. What they didn't get was the opportunity to meet as a group, to bond, to share experiences and to network. And so going forward, what we've decided is that we're actually going to do a 50% split. Trainees will definitely get the opportunity to meet their groups, to bond, to, bond, to share, to network, etc. But what we also know is that working virtually is time effective, it's cost effective and it delivers excellent outcomes. So we will decide on the courses that we think work best face to face and the ones that we should do virtually. Um, we can only do this because we've all learned to do um, to work with technology. I would never have guessed in a million years that I would be working virtually for 18 months, having to use Zoom, Teams, etc. Initially, it was the scariest prospect. And now we all do it as if um, it's second nature. So we need to make the most of those opportunities, working flexibly. You know, people can work from home effectively. We've We've shown that people want autonomy, they want to take responsibility, they're disciplined, they're delivering results and managers know that they don't need to do the micromanagement and the supervision that they once did because people are diligent and they want to, to deliver and they want to be responsible for themselves. Also, the last thing that I think um, I've really noticed and it's something that we're going to work on much more post-COVID is the awareness of mental health social welfare and our responsibility to our colleagues and um, taking into account those that don't have the same opportunities that everybody has and um, so for example you know not everybody had a workspace at home that they were able to just move into and work effectively from home some people had a much easier task when they had to do that um, making sure that people have the right and technology that they've got the resources they need and when people are stressed and they're under pressure acknowledging how that might affect them and their mental health and doing something about it and i think the awareness of that is going to be something that goes on for much longer than covid would you like to meet would you like to meet pepper yeah she's just getting ready for a nap Hello. oh there she is tired much better how are you mother I'm fine, thank you. How are you? So what Christine and Max have asked for is four minutes of me asking you questions about what we have all learned from working smart and working better and working perhaps more con more connectedly and more purposefully during the pandemic. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Your, your hair's a bit messy though, so I don't know if you want to... Don't do something bad. <laughs> afternoon Ted. In addition to being my wonderful son you've also got a job which causes you to interact with people and help companies with their culture and connectivity. Do you want to talk to me about how the pandemics impacted your work and what the good learnings and what perhaps the challenges are from that period of work? And I work in technology and a lot of the customers I work with are you know people in offices but equally like desk workers as well as so people in warehouses factories that sort of thing and the one thing that seems to be sort of present across the board is the impact that it's really had on familiarity so businesses every business really runs not just on a series of processes and 
operational manuals like it's how pe people is people getting stuff done in really specific environments and the way most people get stuff done is by knowing the people around them they know who to ask for help they know all of those like tiny bits of like operational efficiency um, and without the familiarity of actually hanging out with people that's just gone in in a year and a half it's been just uh, almost wiped off the face of the earth so a lot of the work i do and we're doing at the moment is really about rebuilding that familiarity and how people get to know each other think about like positive learnings like a lot of people myself included and i think you as well mum um put a lot more focus on those interpersonal relationships that we really hold dear like you and i are of a similar quite we both work a lot and it's been very easy throughout our careers for us to both really focus on things that are important to us like when it comes to work and then often that comes at a cost um and i think when when you spend so much time at home and you, you really actually see what your support network is that stuff becomes even more important but so what's what been the challenges what's been hard really like it, it all stems from change change is one of those things that psychologically that um erodes away trust and makes people feel at ease but like when you actually just break it down like it's it's just change people people are having to deal with so many different changes so many uh, so much of the time all of those things i think could be like have put a lot of stress on people and when i look around this it's the same everyone's just exhausted everyone is tired everyone is uh, mental health is 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 low on the whole um and it's all come from the amount, i think just the sheer volume of change with and then all the things that come from that the, the uncertainty and the, the fear so what are the hacks for helping people with their mental health mother we're getting into this now okay so there's no right the reality of mental health is there's no uh, there's no silver bullet and there aren't really like individual hacks like there's no piece of advice i could give you that would work for you because it's everyone is different we're all different machines and we're all wired differently the one thing you can't get away from though is if, is just recognizing it. and i think the first and the most important thing whenever i'd advise anyone on this stuff is just to accept the fact that you have it so the, the statistic we often hear right is one in three people suffer from mental health challenges but the reality of it is is one in one of us have mental health and you know, I'm 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 not ashamed to say in, in front of you or front of anyone that I've spent a reasonable amount of time in therapy over the last few years. Um, that's, that's the thing we keep coming back to is you've just got to do the work. It's like brushing your teeth. You have to do it, and you have to do it consistently if you want to get better. And I think I can think of so many, particularly men, who don't even acknowledge that they have mental health. That I think it would really help a lot of people if if we all just kind of went, yeah, it's a thing. It's real. Brilliant. Okay. If you could edit is that, me about is that, four, is that enough waffle? That's you, fine. You can edit sure? about four minutes out of that, love. That'd be great. Well, there, there you go. I think we're gonna we're gonna nominate uh, Ted and Debbie for for an award, Christy. We're, we're, <laughs> you can see why we we left uh, Ted and Debbie to the end because it, it just. It just uh, bookmarked it so well. Christy, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. Thanks very much. Thanks, Debbie. But thank you, everybody. I, I think one of the things that came to mind uh, when, when listening to Ted and Debbie is holidays. I think lots yep. of people have felt they'll store their holidays up and use them later. And I find that even when I have had a holiday, I've gone somewhere and thought, oh, well, I'll just do my MDS day or I'll just do my red track today and still work. And I think we've got to have some proper breaks. Yep. Yep. 
Agreed. And yeah, the frustrating thing is that we just obviously comes coming to the end of the summer now. So uh, it's, it's going to be difficult to get those proper breaks um, squeezed in. Um, Christy, should we just open this up whilst we're still live on, on all the various platforms? Has anyone got some, um, anything that they'd like to contribute um, or would you like to make comments on um, what the what, what the rest of the, 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 the group group said? Um, Kirsty, um, what, what were you going to say on, on your video that we didn't manage to include in? I'm sorry to say, um, Kirsty, what, what, uh, what were you going to say on your video? Oh, Kirsty, we can't hear you. Always the way. I don't. I think I'm going to have that put on my gravestone yeah. one day. Kirsty, you're on mute. Um, I think that we're definitely seeing a, a large trend in um, people coming into their first careers who are wanting that balance um, in terms of working from home and flexi working arrangements. They don't want necessarily the full working from home um, situation because they can see that it's not always the best way to learn. Um, and I also reflected on my position as a, a working mother and not that, but the fact that my, my partner works um, as well and how um, having flexi working arrangements and both of our employees being relatively um, understanding, actually very understanding, it's been easier about having to balance that type of situation and then not all falling on the role of the mother to say, well, actually, oh, child needs picking up from preschool early. I'll have to take the time off. Um, I think people are actually saying, well, it's, it's parents as a whole. So do you, if you need time off, you don't necessarily need to excuse it either. You can start earlier, you can work later. And I think one of the best things I've seen come out of it is actually the bottom of um, an email that I recently received saying, I may be sending this email to you late at night. I don't expect you to reply um, wow. because I work flex. And I was like, what a wonderful thing to say that you don't need to respond instantly and you don't need to expect a response instantly from from somebody we can adjust to each other's needs and it, the world's not going to fall apart yeah well well done i'm just going to call on anna anna harris um if you're there anna posted up a, a fantastic uh, picture yesterday and i do want to just tell everyone about your about your uh, picture of your kiddie weeks going to school it was, oh, it yeah. was beautiful yesterday was quite exciting for us because yesterday my twins started school so for two whole years um, all my children are in primary school together. So we've had varying um, sort of childcare arrangements over the last few years. At, at one point, there were like three different places where my son was at school, my daughter was somewhere and my twins were somewhere else. But yeah, pretty exciting for for me. And I'm um, I'm starting tennis lessons on Friday because I don't work on Friday. And I've got it myself. I'm going to London on Thursday, which is amazing. And then just like wow. with work, but then staying a bit longer because I'm free on Friday. So yeah. It's great. And then, um, you know, even for this meeting, we're talking about the change in COVID. I was at work. I'm most, I go into the office most days. I quite like it. But I said, oh, I've got a meeting at half five. So I'll go home and take that at home. And just that flexibility for those little things. I think I never would have considered doing that a couple of years ago. Yeah. But, and Anna, uh, you've been on, you're one of our key speakers oh, three, four months ago. Can you just uh, give everyone the elevator pitch? What do you do and who do you work for, please? Oh, so I work for um, a marketing agency called Stein IS, and um, I'm a director of strategy. So I help um, companies uh, create strategies for their for their marketing. We do a lot in agriculture and um, pharmaceuticals and food industry as well. So, um, and uh, I did some research on female ambition. I was really I loved Christine's comment. I actually just tweeted um, about you know being at the peak of her abilities because why wouldn't she be at the peak of her abilities after such a like phenomenal career and i don't think we celebrate um this kind of acquisition of knowledge enough in women and you know just the research that i did a couple of years ago or about 18 months ago basically found that 
um, no shit Sherlock, people are no less ambitious after having children. You're just as ambitious as you as you were before. So why wouldn't you continue progressing throughout your career journey? So that's me. Excellent. And, and you with your strategic head on, um, get, get out your crystal ball. Do you think we'll still be doing this in a year's time? Or, or will it be a combination of what? I what think it's really a mix on the business. I think it all comes down to the style of the business. So I think in the same way that, you know, different businesses hire in different ways and have different, you know, um, you know, sort of different business strategies, I think you will get a broad range and you'll get some that are have gone completely from home working. So my husband is 100% home working. My companies, there's a little bit, as much as they like to say that they're flexible and modern, there's a bit of kind of old school command mm -hmm. and control there. They like people to be in the office, but they, they recognize that they need that flexibility and they like being able to draw from a bigger talent pool, a, bit, a little bit like what you were saying um, yeah. earlier. I think it will depend on the, on the business. And I think when you're applying for businesses, you want to do a bit of that interviewing the interv interviewer. Like don't take it face value what they say, like find out, you know, yeah. what you can practice working there. Because that's going to be... And that's a really interesting point on a recruitment perspective. When, when we were thick in the thick of uh, the pandemic, lots of uh, companies were telling us that they uh, were going to um, uh, relinquish the, the, the leases on their offices. They were going to have everyone home working. They were going to meet up um, every quarter, every month for business meetings with everyone. And then every quarter have a hoolie uh, because it's working so well. But then some of those companies have already rescinded um, and stated that ideally we want people, pe pe people in. And it's interesting with the likes of uh, Christine in London now, you go into London later in the week. Um, we, we, we need, and as Eve was saying, we need that interaction uh, with, with people. We're just going to worst case get, get stale or even worse. But, it, but then again, the, the likes of uh, communicating like this it it is on a sustainability basis it's obviously very good but we're humans and we need to interact Anna yeah I'm so excited about networking on Thursday night I literally can't wait <laughs> <laughs> yes Max I'm not sure whether Joy's got something to say I asked people to put their videos on if they had something to say come on in Joy oh hi yeah I just wanted to um you know, join in the conversation because obviously this is something that we work on a lot here um with women in agribusiness and um, first of all, is this the way the future? I think, yes, we, we permanently close our office and so did many other wow. companies. There is no going back. We are here and this is it. Um, for those of us who did not have maybe a space that was appropriate in their homes, we offered um, um, group work uh, memberships to those folks because not everybody had a spare room. I mean, I'm clearly in my living room. Um, but the other thing that, so I lead a team of about eight and I thought it was really important for me because I saw the creep of hours getting longer and um, weekend emails. So we've normalized breaking in the middle of the day. Like I will literally tell my team, it looks nice for the next hour and a half. I'm going for a bike ride. Wait, I'll be back fantastic. And so that is, that is not an unusual thing for my team to say, ah, I'm, I'm going to go to the beach for an hour and come back, or mm. I'm going to go for a walk or, Hey, it's easier for me to food shop while the kids are at school. So I'm going to do that now. Okay. I'll be back in about an hour. And so I'm, that is a joy. Joy, joy. I've been in uh, some of the breakout rooms with you, with you previously. You're not in London. Where are I you? I am not. Uh, so I'm, I'm in Bar Harbor. I, I'm in Bar Harbor, Maine. Um, I uh, work for a company. We produce women in agribusiness. Our event is here, uh, started out here in the US, but um, takes place in uh, Europe as well. In fact, it'll be in Paris this spring. And Christine has spoken for us. In fact, we gave her an award last year at our event virtually. Um, and I'm, you know, I like to keep involved in what's happening in the ag sector in Europe because, um, you know, we're, we're here to serve you. So I, I, I come to these to meet you and hear about the topics. 
Okay. And, and can I ask you the crystal ball question? You, you've made that change. Um, do yeah. you think we, when we dial in, send a, a year's time to, to catch up, you'll say, oh, Max, Christine, Anna, Beverly, Cassie, we, we just couldn't, we couldn't be, we couldn't be doing with it. We needed the office. So we went back to the office. No, because you know what happened is now our team is diversified. So I have my team, there's only one other person in the state of Maine with me. Everyone else is scattered across the country because we have no office. Yep. Then our hiring changed. And now my team is across the whole continent. So, yep. okay. And Joy, I always give you the example of um, WordPress. So WordPress employ about 5,000 people globally. Uh, they run about 40, 45% of all of the websites um, globally. They don't have an office. They've never had an office and they've been in existence uh, for, for 15 years. What, what they do do is that they have um, monthly meetings in the countries where they are. And, and then um, I think it's in normal times that they have a, have a big hoolie where everyone's in, uh, invited. And you look at Word, WordPress has been hugely successful, successful, um, successful, join in the marketplace but joy as you expand and as we go through a recovery do you think you'll be able to keep that model as as you are if, if you are looking to expand absolutely uh again um find, finding talent on an island off the coast of maine yeah. was just not easy for us so now we just hire the best candidate and like you said having since we produce events we have a five, six, seven events a year. So we're seeing each other every couple yeah, months okay. anyway. So yeah. we do get together at those because we're hosting. Yeah. Okay. And, and technology, what technology are you now deploying that you were not deploying pre the pandemic? If that's okay to ask. I don't, I think we're already, we're kind of set up for this. Um, so lots of IM, lots of instant messaging, lots of personal rooms, um, you know, Slack type things, but um if you need one piece of information, yes, you email or you you send that IM. But otherwise, my team always devolves to a video call because we want to see each other. I want to be able to make faces at you and go, oh, I don't think that. You know, so that that helps yep. build the the interpersonal stuff for sure. Yeah. Okay. And 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 something that's uh, that's coming along um, that was happening uh, pre pandemic. A, a contact of mine went to a, a conference in uh, L.A. Joy in November 2019, and one of the things that uh, was grabbing everyone's interest was virtual reality headsets. So there was a view then in two years time, you and I could be wearing virtual reality headsets, and it would be like we're in the same room together. So technology is advancing. So. It's, it's a, so this is a bit like personal computing was in, in, the, in the early 90s. We'll soon be off this. We'll soon be um, wearing virtual reality headsets. I'll soon be able to look out of your window um, in May to see, see, what, the, see what the weather's doing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd see you well enough now. Christine, does that excite you or does that fear you? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to see these avatars and see whether maybe that's a sort of a way things are going to be in the future, that we'll all have our avatars sitting in <laughs> yes, well, you're not making mine, Christine. Anna, hello. Oh, Anna, just turn your ears on. How are you? Hello. Hi, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, I haven't joined in with one of these um one of these before. So just to say um I'm Anna Hill and I present farming today on BBC Radio 4. Um, I just wanted to say, I, I think everyone's sounding really upbeat, which is very nice. Um, uh, just a little bit about how things have changed for us, because asking farmers to communicate um, beyond farming and to listeners on the radio, um, the way we work has changed completely. I am here on my ironing board in the front room, and I have been for the last 18 wow. months. 
Um, I haven't been into my BBC office for over a year. So my actual identity at the BBC after 35 years was um, axed. Um, My email was changed, yes, and I didn't exist. Yeah. (laughs) Really weird. But um, just to say from, from our programme's point of view, farmers stepped up for us. They were amazing. We got them to use their phones to as tape recorders. We got yeah. them to do reports for us, um, to do diary entries for us. Um, and some of them are absolute stars. Yeah. I mean, they have just, you know, and podcasts, obviously, they, yeah. they do on their own. But um, they really, really have helped us out. And I think a programme like ours, which is all about farming, we need sound and atmosphere to bring it to people. Um, And the farmers helped us do that. It was amazing, really. I mean, they've just been brilliant. I I think in some respects, I'm going to be completely biased, obviously, and I'm sure you are as well. I I think there are very few communities um, like like the farming community that could actually step up um, and, and especially with this voice that we've all now got, they've got the ability to, and it's like all the kids I'm streaming with, it's only 200, 300 quid with, quids worth, but it's actually having um, the, the the courage uh, to, to actually stand up and, and talk as these ladies have done. And you can just see that they're, they're also used to it now. I suppose the, the likes of um, uh, Facebook, um, FaceTime is helping that we're used to talking into monosyllabic devices um, to, to get our message across. And if it's, and if it's okay to, to ask, because there's going to be a real steer from the BBC and with you presumably seeing the, the messaging, the, the memos coming through from the BBC, with your crystal ball in a year's time, are you still going to be kneeling on your um, elbows on the ironing board or do you think you're going to be back in the studio? Well, the problem is, the only reason I think I'm going to be back in the studio is because to do it from here, I have to have a very, very expensive piece of equipment which costs about two and a half thousand pounds. And I think they'll probably want it back. Back. So... (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know I in a way it's much easier to be here my children are grown up so um well they're half grown up um so it's no problem and um it's easy for me to nip out here to see farmers where I am so and I've got all the editing equipment here so yeah so, you know. so come, on, come on, Anna, what do you prefer? Don't, don't worry, no one's listening. Uh, there, there isn't 95,000 people on Facebook and there isn't 22,000 people on LinkedIn. Sure. Do you prefer to work at home or in a studio? Wait, how, how, what's your, how, how do you best perform, home or studio? Uh, well, um, actually, I like a bit of both. I'm sorry. Sorry yeah. to sit on the fence there. But actually, you know, being with people is really important. And I think actually the downside of the pandemic for us is you know when you go to those events and you just chat to people rather than doing yeah. in, you're doing interviews, but it's the people who turn around. Oh, go by the way, yeah. did you hear about? Yeah. And that's what you miss as a journalist. That's what you miss. So yeah. actually, you need to be with people. Really. Yeah, but and, and on that journalistic uh, side, on, on the training side that we talked about today and on previous uh, broadcasts, um, at the bar, as I call it, um, when you bump into people, you find that everyone's got the same problem, but someone might actually have the solution. Um, yeah. And everyone's very, very happy to talk about it in, in that sort of environment. So as well as the um, learning uh, from, from the lecturer, but you also pick up so much of the, at, the, at the bar through, through osmosis. And Anna, yeah. thank you. That, that's br- brilliant to, to have you on. I could just see that we're, we're slightly running out of um, out of time. Christine, shall we swap over to, to the breakout rooms? Or, or and is there anything that you would like to say, Christine? 
Just to say, please keep coming these first Tuesdays of the month. We've got speakers for the next few sessions. Can't remember what's next, but I know we've got Judith Batchelor coming at one of them. So keep an eye out and um, I'll keep emailing you now um, as Max will to make sure that you know what's happening. But thank you. Thank you very much for coming. And thank you for all those people who watch us um, online. It's great. Thank you, Max. No, no, no problem. And just uh, as, a, as a reminder, if you want to join, you must join Women in Food and Farming. There's, there's a website there. If you click on to that link, that will take you to the um, application uh, page. And um, Christine, I've just had a WhatsApp with you being an, at the Farmers Club. People are wanting to know, are you going to Chinatown later for food? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually going to an art exhibition in Palmar. I hope they'll give me some posh canapes. Ah, vomit bonds, the favourite, favourite ones at a, at, a, at a photography event. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to stop the live stream to, to Facebook and LinkedIn. Thank you, everyone, looking on our social media, and we're going to go to uh, the, the breakout rooms. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this session of Women in Food and Farming.